0: Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of The Future is Full of Second Chances. I am your host, Ruby Powell Dennis. These episodes are all about conversations with Black women candidates and operatives who've run before to talk a little bit about what it's been like to run for office, to run a campaign, some of their reflections on that, and their hope for the future of electoral politics. We're excited for today's episode because we're getting a chance to talk with Tracy Scott, who has served as executive director of the Black Women's PAC in Texas and is now a candidate running for Texas State House District 92. Thank you so much for being with us, Tracy. We're excited for today's conversation. Thank you,
1: Ruby. Thank you so much for the invitation. I celebrate you and thank you. You know, you're doing a wonderful job, just so much good work. With elect Black women. So it's an honor to be here.
0: So Tracy, I'd love for you to start by telling our audience a little bit about your leadership journey. Tell us a little bit about how you got involved in electoral politics and just some of the work that you've done in Texas.
1: So I started this journey quite some time ago and I interviewed with a a city council member in Houston and was just struck just just completely it it just opened my eyes to how much power there was and you know how much influence there was in elected officials and you know running for office and messaging and you know the number of people that came through our office for a vote and it it just all ignited in me just oh my gosh this is what I love this is what you know and I also thought that with this much power somebody honest had to be in here, someone who was actually you know gonna speak the truth or at least pay attention to and guide, you know, guide in a way that would be honorable to voters. And that's just kind of what's built my journey. That's just what I, you know, what I ride on. I ride or die on making sure that both sides are told and that it's a clear path and understanding for everyone that's involved. You know, moving down the line after working with him for a number of years and um, also, you know, part of his congressional campaign and then a lot of other small campaigns along the way. And finally forming the Black Women's Pack after my daughter graduated from high school and went off to college. And that's been another journey that just turned over another leaf and opened up another window after watching, you know, Black women run for office, raise, you know, not enough money, less money by far from men and women, white and Black, and just wanting to help women across the state of Texas, you know, understand the value of campaigning and fundraising and then helping them, you know, win.
0: So that's... That's kind of what I've done. That's kind of it, I guess. (laughs) Oh, that's plenty. That's plenty. So, Tracy, tell us a little bit about, you mentioned just your work through the Black Women's Pack of Texas and supporting Black women. What are some of the things that you learned about just working with Black women candidates and operatives along the way? The first thing I learned the first year that we launched is that there are so many
1: Black women that are engaged in what's happening. And kind of um, don't know where to place themselves and don't know how to be a part of the movement or activate their civic duty or their, you know, inspiration. First year we formed the Black Women's Pack, there were over 200 women. There's 100 and maybe like 198, 189, something like that. Women, black women running across the state. And that was incredible. That was like, what? That's huge. But as the years have passed, there are fewer women running. I think that that is because you understand how much you have to give to a campaign, how intense it is, how transparent it is. And it's been a journey of learning how Black women see themselves, the experiences that we've had, and how we are active in the workplace, but not in the political space. And I have also come to the conclusion in my frame of mind that when you say Black women are the backbone of the Democratic Party, that that is a burden. And it's a great accolade. But if we're not in the room, at the table, you know, making the decisions, if we're not one of the voices that speak out on, you know, legislation, then it is just that. It's an accolade because it carries very little little power if you're looking at the political landscape as a whole. I think that is a powerful message, yes, but it is an accolade. It is not a powerful movement in forming and passing laws. That's really what I've learned most. And then Black women don't understand fundraising. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tell us more about that. Because I mean, fundraising is always... The, I mean, the number is. of times that yeah. I've heard people pay for campaigns, you know, or, or that's funded
1: by people like voters. Yes, 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 yes. That is how it's done. There is no um, piece of the taxes that you pay that pay for political campaigns. There's no, you know, magical fund out there to help people run for office. And that education has been just ongoing, 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 ongoing. And I'm really working on trying to get Black women to understand that beauty without political power is shallow. And I just don't want to be insulting when I say that, but I just know that the amount of money we spend on so many different things that um, make us feel good is a temporary high. And my ultimate message to Black women is if we want to strengthen our vote, our presence, our influence at the workplace, our influence in laws, what happens in future generations, then we have got to start putting some money toward political campaigns, candidates, movements, nonprofits, whatever it is that helps build our community. We have to take that seriously.
0: Yes, I receive that. Thank you for that. So you are on a new journey right now. You started the journey of public service in terms of being the next state house representative for District 92. Tell us a little bit about, you know, some context of what's happening in Texas with redistricting, your district demographics. Tell us a little bit more about your state house race.
1: So, yes, in Texas, redistricting, as you know, the nation knows, is is an ongoing battle there. The maps are still in court and the district that I'm running in is a packed district. They actually pulled DEMs and, you know, we're going to say minorities just for the sake of, that's the common term, but majority. Pulled us out of, you know, one, two, three, four, I think four districts. And then packed us into one small, one smaller, longer one, I guess. And it was formerly a Republican seat. And they have drawn this Republican out of his seat to pack the district and make it the one Dim seat in Tarrant County that we expect to win. So it is 61% Black and Hispanic. 10% 10% API and then 27 point, you know, eight percent or something like that angle. So it just, you know, seems like an opportunity. I know I've always, you know, helped candidates talk to candidates through a race and, you know, said all of these things that, you know, you speak to candidates, you know, to encourage them and that kind of. And you just never know how it feels or how it's received on the other side. So now I'm hearing those same comments. Oh girl, you got it. Really now? Do I? All the pep talk that you want to translate really into heartfelt sentiment, but you're like, but this and this and this and this and, you know, and the number of events that you have to attend and, you know, all that kind of good stuff. But I'm enjoying the transformation. I I do think that this is a great time for me to run. It's definitely a good time for a black woman to run here in North Texas. We have nine house members, nine black women in the Texas house. And of course, we need more. You know, of course we do. Building the Texas Black Caucus is a goal for all of us. And so this is an opportunity to add to, the, add to our presence.
0: So Tracy, tell us a little bit about the state of your race in terms of folks who you're running. You know, what are the hopes and goals and some of the aspirations of the campaign, your messaging? Tell us a little bit more about what's happening on the ground.
1: So I feel very fortunate that Our district is 92. District 92 is, I like to say, full of people. And, you know, sometimes people get tickled by that. But I I honestly, it is just packed with working families. And I'm proud of that. Really, I am because that's who I am. That's where I come from. That's where my family is. We are working families. Um, My grandmother that I'm here visiting, my grandfather now, he retired from GM. Part of the union. My grandmother was with the federal government for her entire career. And they, you know, this district is just an opportunity to speak up for working families. There are small businesses in this district as well, which definitely, you know, there's the issues with that with COVID release and, you know, growing your business and scaling and healthcare and blah, blah, all of that stuff that's included. But I, I look forward to speaking out um and speaking up for working families. And I say that just so many times because it's so important because I think that we are the lifeline, and we actually are the lifeline of the state and the country. And it's the you know wage gap, and it's you know fair wages. It's a fair shot at you know opportunities. It's the student loan debt in the midst of buying a house, newly bought a house. You know, so this is the crust of what is happening in your lifespan, and that's where we are. I look forward to, you know, I don't know if you have Family Dollar where you are, but I'm just, I want to talk to the people at Family Dollar. I I want to know, you know, are you voting? Do you vote? What are the challenges in your life? And then how can I take that to the Texas House and speak loud and proud and, you know, just challenge the status quo? We definitely have a Republican minority, a majority, mm, I wish minority, majority, and I just don't think that it's impossible, but I think that we have got to start working our way into holding them accountable, and then speaking truth, and not allowing you know things to be said and issues to be brought up and twisted, and not have that voice that says, okay, so you know that's not right, you know that's you know no, you know that's a twist, that's a political ploy, you know it's a it's a trigger, it's something that is used to activate a base that is just hasn't. It's not valid, and it's just time for that truth to come out. And I think that Black women have that voice. I think that we have the presence that brings, you know, that kind of truth. I honestly do not think that there's an issue that happens that there is not a Black woman that doesn't Black woman that does not handle the, that issue. We do. It just doesn't matter. We're head of households. We run businesses. We are in the PTA. We are, you know, in the corporate area. We are at the Waffle House. I mean, we are, you know, minimum wage. We are middle wage. We are high. You know, it just, you cannot miss a black woman in any legislation. I just don't think you can. I'm trying to think of something that might not affect a black woman, but it's, you know, no, it's true. So I, I look forward to representing this district. I look forward to talking to families that are struggling And families that are just living in the midst of all that is happening and being surrounded by, you know, just being reactive to life. And I want to bring some proactive results and at least be able to come back from the Texas House and into the community and say, here's what happened. You know, here's here's the pro and the con. Here's the balance of what happened. Here's what can and cannot happen. And just be honest with the community. And so that there's more engagement so that they are understanding and and have a connection to voting. And have a connection to a representative, even if they are not, you know, in their area or, or speaking directly to them.
0: So, Tracy, one of the things I'd love to talk with women about is just the future of electoral politics, particularly for black women. And I mean, Texas has been in the news for a lot of things, a lot of reasons. And so I'd love for you just to share one, your own personal hopes, goals and vision for black women in electoral politics, and if there's something Texas specific, we'd love for you to share that too.
1: I think it. You know, uh, my hope for black women is that we understand the power in being elected, and we understand the power in supporting one another, and that is very important. And you know, we have to remember, and you know, this goes for me as well. Politics is not personal, and we cannot like each other for any reason other than your politics and still politically move together. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the goal is representation. The goal is, is, you know, for Texas, we're 42nd in healthcare. You know, we rank 42 in accessible accessible and affordable healthcare. So whether I like you or not, because we grew up and this happened, we need better healthcare. We need to be able to support one another to go to office and say, go to, you know, elected office and say, okay, that's my candidate. You know, we might not agree on everything, but I know she's there to support our community and communities like ours. And that needs to be the only thing that we think about when we are going to support Black women and when we are going to vote. I, I, I have seen, i talked to a lot of Black women on this trail. Mm-hmm. I mean, across the state of Texas. And just so many times it's the reservation of, you know, whether or not you're going to support somebody, you know, it's a fear. And if I do this, what happens? And, you know, and I just think it should be the reverse. If you don't, what happens, Mm -hmm. you know, are you comfortable with where, you know, not as an individual you are, and sometimes too, as an individual, individual, you know, where you are without lying to yourself, you know, are you comfortable with where you are? Are you comfortable with where your cousin is, your sister, your neighbor, you know, are you comfortable with the community that you left and went and bought a bigger house? you know, are you comfortable with where we are in this process along these lines and with the way the climate looks going forward? You know, this is looking, and I don't know if I, I don't want to say bleak, I don't want to say, but it's looking, you know, dangerous. I think if Black women do not get involved, if we do not start actively participating, because I believe wholeheartedly that we're the you know, aside of Queen Latifah on her show on, you know,
0: but <laughs> I believe <laughs> we love some Queen over here. So.
1: Yes, we love, some <laughs> queen. But I, you know, and quite as it's kept, you know, Queen Latifah is the equalizer. She you know, a black woman on the show and she is, you know, going toe to toe. I mean, I just think that it speaks to the ability of black women mm-hmm. to if we step out and say, yes, I'm going to do it gets done. And I, I I just know that with us, we will be, I just feel like we'll stabilize. And I know it's a lot, Black women, oh, one more thing. Mm, I'm sorry, yes, one more thing. That's just the way this goes. That's the way it's always been. You know, we go from my grandmother, she collected poll tax, Mm -hmm. you know, at a little shack. And when I say shack, I remember the shack at the end of the street. Mm -hmm. And I remember her walking up the street to go to work and asking people had they voted. You know, to my mom, who was a part of a community college movement, you know, during the during the 70s and, part, you know, the yearbook and, you know, part of the um, meetings and the secret meetings and all of that kind of stuff to get black people engaged and to fight for our rights and our space Mm -hmm. and respect. And, you know, and now here I am, you know, running for office, Black Women's Pack. I mean, it evolves. And yes, it's just one more thing that our next generation has to do better. I really hope for Black women that that is the way we are thinking about this and that we are not thinking now, but we are thinking forward. So I hope that answered the question completely. But I just, (laughs) I want so much for us. I do, I do. And I I just, I look forward to us, you know, when we say queen, I look forward to us us really valuing that word and valuing our presence as a queen. Mm -hmm. Um, And then sometimes a king,
0: you know. It just, you know, depends on where we are. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Oh, I love that, Tracy. So um, tell us some of the things that you're working. I mean, obviously you're running for office, the Black mm-hmm. Women's Pack in Texas, but you, you know, like so many other Black women and candidates and operatives, you do a lot in terms of service in your community. So tell us a little bit about what the future holds 2022 beyond just your candidacy, because I'm sure there's something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Beyond, you know, running for House District 92, and it's a primary election. So once winning the primary, I am the rep-elect. So I look forward to that. And I look forward to, you know, just kind of working to help other women get elected, other Black women get elected, allies as well. I I don't want to, you know, just um, pigeonhole that, but specifically Black women, yes. But I want to work to help Black women. I want to work to help Black women understand politics and do a just kind of an outreach plan. Just basically having small conversations across the state, talking to black women. Of course, you know, supporting my district and, you know, staying you know close to the district. But there are, you know, there can be times where you step out and you go, okay, in this area, you know, let's go talk to some black women. Let's go talk to black women in rural areas that are struggling to vote sometimes and, you know, hard to get to the ballot box. Then, you know, also taking a look at there should be a national conversation about appointing a black woman to the Supreme Court it's time. What does that look like? You know, and what's next on the Biden agenda? You know, we've done that. Okay. So now how can we get a black woman appointed to the United States Supreme Court? And how can we get black women and, you know, Hispanic women and, you know, white Democrats elected to the Texas Supreme Court? We were just, there's just so much work to be done, but on my radar now is just conversations with black women across the state, helping black women get elected you know congresswoman eddie bernice johnson just recently retired or is retiring and there are a number of black women that are going to run in that seat run for that and i wish them all well because there should be a black woman that replaces congresswoman eddie bernice johnson and her legacy is just extensive i mean so many firsts so many you know movements and points in time where you know she you know moved our progress where she was part of the progress in black texas so that's what I'm thinking. Look, that's, what, that's what's going to be next. Yeah. That's, that's what's next.
0: And that's plenty. Yeah, I recently saw the news of Congresswoman's retirement. And one, I think it, it speaks to just her iconic. Yes. <laughs> one a state like Texas, which is not small in terms of size, population, its history in terms of presidents, its influence just in the political space, she is consistently held her own and Mm -hmm. she's held that seat yes yes and with with, even with all the changes happening in the rest of the world she's held that seat yes Mm -hmm. yeah sure that the democratic voices of the state of texas have been heard yeah Yeah. and so we are fierce too yes she is she's fierce step step and see what happens just you know (laughs) so yeah (laughs) and so we are excited you know, as far as elect black women is concerned, we are hopeful that a black woman will step up and, you know, raise her hand and say, yes, I am ready to feel what are going to be very large shoes. But to continue that powerful legacy, because we want to see, you know, right now we have no black women in the United States Senate. We are not happy about that. And so we need to retain as many African-American women, black women and, you know, as representatives as we possibly right. can and increase our numbers there. Because we don't have representation right now in the U.S. Senate, but hopefully 2022 that'll change because we have a record number of Black women running for United States Senate. So, Mm -hmm. but hopeful—that's very hopeful. I know we'd love to have one running from Texas. Okay, (laughs) 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 that's okay. We'll get there. We will
1: get there. We Uh, will get there for sure. I, I think that Texas is focusing on electing down ballot. You know, just doing doing the work of elected on school board and locally, judicial seats. You know, Dallas and Houston have a really strong presence of black women, you know, as judge. And then we just need to, you know, kind of further that because I think that that's the way that we build and have quality. Got to be careful with your words when you say something about a candidate, but that's how we build the reputation of being a candidate and, you know, being able to run and, you know, just moving up the ladder, we have a shallow pool, I think. And, You know, I I, I hope that Black women won't stay comfortable, that, you know, they will, you know, take the chance and jump out and run for seats that are available, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: where you might be comfortable where you're at. Um, We need to start seeing Black women run in spaces that are not common. Right. You know, we don't have historical Black districts. You know, we don't have very many left here in Texas. And I think, you know, with Black people living everywhere, Mm -hmm. we can run.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Tracy, one of the things that we like to do is just have our women share a final word, whatever is on your heart and mind, just words of affirmation. A lot of our listeners are Black women who are either running, looking to run for office, thinking of running for office, or in the midst of running for office. And then we have a good number of our listeners who are just trying to better understand. You know, the experience of black women and electoral politics. And so I'd love for you to just take a moment and speak to our audience and, you know, tell tell them what you know, how can they better support black women candidates and operatives? And what are some of the things that, you know, if you're not super political, you may not know, can just be a difference maker in terms of supporting black women on their journey? Don't be
1: ashamed to ask the question. Whatever your question is, don't be ashamed to ask your question and do not believe that your voice your vote or your presence doesn't count it's just not true it is just not true and i think that a lot of times we are tired or busy and that is true for us yes but there's got to be some small space where you are hopeful for the future and that small space and that small piece of hope for the future could be electing a black woman. And if you take that small piece of energy and either vote, volunteer, send, you know, five dollars, it you know, I you know, I, I can speak to, you know, the Black Women's Pack has a donor that sent five dollars every month since we started in January of 2018. And I appreciate that every single month because it counts. And it's just a little bit of more momentum to say, okay, somebody out there is watching, somebody out there believes, and we can keep going. You know, that's what I guess I can say yes. So here's my example. The race in Virginia mm-hmm. and the governor's race and I, you know, saw happened to run into four black four black women at a restaurant who had come from Virginia. Mm. And I was like, Oof, you guys had a race, you know, it was a big deal. And she's like, "Ah, you know, they all the same. Everybody is all the same. You know, all of them politicians are the same. Be careful with that statement mm-hmm. because you're speaking over the life of your children mm-hmm. and your grandchildren. And you're also talking about black women. Mm-hmm. We're not mm-hmm. the same. That's not who we are when we get elected. There's no evidence of that, that we are like who has previously been elected year after year, after time, after time, after time, time, and white men. So be careful with that. They're all the same. They're all the same because you don't participate. Hmm. They're all the same because it's, you are part of the problem and that's honest. And, you know, I just don't want to say you're too lazy to get involved, but, you know, that's almost where we're at and having an honest conversation you know when you complain about prices, when you complain about, complain about, complain about or what happened up at the school well did you vote for a school board member? Right. Do you participate at the schoolhouse at the PTA without cussing somebody out and something's wrong
0: mm.
1: without going up there and just only when there's a problem, but helping to pave the way for solutions and you know and that's my yeah. that's my thing I, I, when we're in a, when we're in the right space, when we're in the right frame of mind. You can't. You just. It's hard to outthink us. Mm-hmm. It's hard to and how out. It's hard to anticipate what we will say next, what we will do next, because the wealth of knowledge that we have from life's experiences cannot be denied. Mm-hmm. And I honestly feel if we actually speak up, pay attention, and are proactive about our presence, that we win. I mean, everybody wins. White folks win too. Uh, everybody wins from a black woman being present. Everybody always has. So I guess that's what I have to say.
0: Thank you for that, Tracy. Thank you for that. If folks want to follow you on social, tell us your social media handle so that we can see your journey and continue on with you in terms of what the future holds.
1: So we have our fourth annual Policy, Politics, and Donor Summit is coming up December 4th. Um, that is on our website, Black Women's Pack, TX.org, my house race, Tracy for all the social media matches. <laughs> <laughs> if you go for Black Women's Pack Texas, you'll find us. There is a Black Women's Pack in Ohio, which I do want to, if you run across them and want to support them, please do. They are, you know, they are our senior and they've been around for 40 years and doing phenomenal work in the state of Ohio. But, you know, Tracy for Texas, Black Women's PAC TX and attend the fourth annual Policy, Politics and Donor Summit. I mean, we are going to be talking about the issues. We have a kitchen table conversation with black women that are elected and strategists and then me in reference to the PAC. And uh, then we'll be talking to some leading fundraisers in the state of Texas. So I, I ask you to join
0: us and be a part of the conversation. That's all for today's episode. We would like to thank our guests, our production team, and staff. Today's episode was edited by Benjamin Rednor. To support us, visit electblackwomanpack.com or find us on social. Subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like this show, share it with a friend. Thanks for listening.